When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell. And as always, I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, creator of the Spine Buster, the 1A of tag team wrestling, our television champion. He's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, I've got a big old smile on my face because we are back together again. How are you doing, man? Did you miss me? I missed you. I missed you and our fans and our listeners missed you. I've been getting DMs and and hit up left and right, asking people asking how you are. So let's just start right there, right off the top. How are you feeling, buddy? Remember that old cliche, you never miss something till it's gone? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh, well, that's the quote. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a song. That's an old 80s song. Yeah. Uh, Buddy, I'm, I'm telling you, I've had low back issues, you know, since I quit wrestling on and off. Never had anything like this for a solid week. I went uh, two different chiropractors in, in seven days, and they couldn't get it in. It was sore like you wouldn't believe. Really issues with battling stairs, you, you name it. It's still not completely healed, but it's uh, much, much better, and I missed all you guys too. Uh, I was doing some openers. We did uh, a couple of fun shows uh, in its place while you were on the mend, Arn. And I was telling our listeners that you were, uh, you know, scratching and clawing and you were going to do everything you could to rest up so that you could be ready for WrestleCade weekend. Uh, that was this past weekend. You made it out there, thankfully. And and I was a little nervous because I was like, man, he's going to run around WrestleCade. And then I'll, I hope we can still get together and his back's feeling good enough for him to sit down and record again. So I'm really excited about that. But I thought, you know what? Let's also have you share a little bit about your WrestleCade experience with Brock. Well, it was, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm very, very big on being able to do these uh, signings so I can have a one-on-one with the fans and, and let them know thank you for all they've done. That's very, very real and it's very genuine. And it's here I am 40 years later, still, you know, somewhat relevant. You know, there's a few people apparently that 
that care what I got to say and what you have to say and what we have to say. And, and that event has turned into something. It has morphed into a hell of an event. I'm just going to tell you the amount of talent that was there, the amount of fans that were through there. I mean, it was two days of solid hellos. Thanks for coming pictures, you name it. It was just solid event. And Brock had the honor of being with C.W. Anderson as his partner. It was Anderson Knight, if you count me. <laughs> Devon Dudley and his boys uh, had a tag match, and I was so proud of all of them. It was really a, really a hard-fought, well-done uh, top-shelf match, and uh, it was just a good weekend all the way around. I'm so glad to hear it, buddy. I'm so glad that you were able to make it. And, uh, and I'm so glad the tag match turned out well. You got to be ringside for it with Devon. And, and I'm so glad that we're back together again. Reunited and it feels so good. All right, I'm done singing. I'm I done. see in my absence you were able to accrue some gimmicks. You like it? Okay. There, Carolina blue. This is this is the color you can pick. This is the Arn, uh, the latest JD Hoop designed Arn Anderson uh, design that's on the Horseman and the Arn store, and it has the Four Horsemen logo at the very bottom. If you're watching on YouTube, but uh, when you go in to pick that sweatshirt color, I got Carolina blue, and uh, I got myself one, and I also am rocking now. I'm going to wear it every time we record the Four Horsemen ball cap. I got my own that fits like I like it, and uh, but I absolutely love the color and the style and the graphic of this sweatshirt, buddy. The gentleman that put that together actually showed up. He did. Right? He was there. Yeah. And you know what? That white one with the mm -hmm. black stuff, I'm just sitting here looking at that hat, whether that would be sharp as a tack as well. Yeah. It goes I together. I might have to get me one of, the, one of those or maybe more than one. Who knows? <laughs> he, yeah, JD got the white one. He got one of the, he got a white sweatshirt with the black logo. He also, I sent him a t shirt uh, as well uh, with the same design. He got a different color t shirt. But uh, you're right. The, with the horseman hat, the blue looks great with it, the white looks great with it. And, uh, and all I got to do is throw on my Carolina Jordan's shoes to, and, and I complete the look. The Carolina look, and uh, but I love it. I absolutely love the color, but I love this this horse design. It's my it's my favorite. So, guys, I didn't know I was going to plug this this soon. I thought we we're going to save it to the end. Go to Box of Gimmicks, check it out. You can get this brand new design, and uh, I, I absolutely love it. Arn JD crushed it. Yeah, it's it's got a look that a guy would wear. It's got a rough edge to it. Yes, I, I like that too. Good job, JD. Yeah, it's got and it's got the it's like a faded kind of look to it. It's very cool. Looks great on t-shirts and hoodies. Uh, it's hoodie season. It's like what is it right now? I'm looking 33 degrees where I sit. It's cold and, here too, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So uh grab your hoodies, grab your horseman jackets. You can see right behind my shoulder. It's horseman jacket season too. And those coats are available. And grab you a hat, a horseman coat. Um, and rock around the next time you go see Arn Anderson, be sporting that horseman jacket. Arn may give you a hug around your neck if you're rocking a horseman jacket. Oh, I don't for, know, for but sure. he loves seeing it. Yeah. So, we, so what else was new over the weekend? Anything, buddy? One more piece of business before we get going. Your 
professional football team, okay, that I want to touch on. There's a lot of other stuff going on, but we'll touch on this one. The Carolina Panthers, they cleaned house. David Tepper, he fired Frank Reich. The offensive coordinator, I think, is gone. What I mean, what do you think about that? I think this city, with their history and the quality of, of players that have been through here in the past and the support that this city gives that team, even in these terrible times. Right. We deserve the athletes and the coaching staff put on the field, acquired however you have to acquire them, and so they can be competitive. I'm not going to sit here and, hey, nothing would make me happier than starting this week. Let's run out, run the table, and and just win the rest of the games as few as they are. And so, you know, I, I want to pull for them. Brock wants to pull for them. But, man, when you just see – and at some point, I'm waiting for somebody – I don't know who's going to have. I'll just say it. Who's got the balls to just say, okay, we went with the number one pick because we thought it was right. It was the wrong move. But we're going to reset right now and make a change and yeah. stick, with, stick with it. Because week after week after week of what used to be and what happened at Alabama and what's the potential to happen in the future, ask somebody that spends the money that it costs to go to a pro game. And asked them if if that's good enough for them. Mm. Well, maybe down the road we'll, you know, maybe it'll. No, we deserve to have a competitive team. And you need to acquire the pieces to do that. Because the reality is (sighs) that lead position, that quarterback position, you have to have someone in today's age that's not just able to manage a game, but is able to make some decisions on the fly and control the game. That's you what take pro, over a game if necessary. Big time. And that, that's what pro means. You get yeah. paid to produce. This is not Friday night lights. Let's have some fun. Like I said, I'm not going to be the cheap shot artist that sits back in my chair and knocks a bunch of guys that are much, much more athletic than me but I think they need to have the tools to make this thing fly. And that's the way I feel about it. All right. Now it ought to be uh, interesting times. I'll tell you what, CJ Stroud down in Houston is throwing that ball around right now as a rookie. And, uh, it's, uh, he's probably going to be your offensive rookie of the year, the way he's playing, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's coaching, but Bryce young, uh, we'll see what they do. And, um, I think they traded away their what first round pick coming up already. Yeah. The, I mean, we, hey, more who went to uh, Chicago. Yeah, DJ, yeah, more went to Chicago. Yeah. It's a beast. We gave away a lot of pieces. Yeah. Past, present, future, you name it. And at some point, you just, you know, we're how many games are we in now? What's, uh, I think we're about to start, what, week 13 or 14? Where are we at? We're, some, we're getting close to that range right now. I'll have to look at it to remind by us. Now, by now, you can make a honest yeah, week 13. By now you can make a decision and realize, hey, and you don't just throw your hands up no, to say, okay, well, let's just finish out the year. Hey, oh, man, do what you could do to turn yeah, this thing around. Yeah, I'm with you. 
I'm with you, Arnwell. We'll see what happens and we'll see how it all plays out and we'll touch base again as we go because uh, I know we like to talk a little bit of football and college. We'll get into some college stuff here soon. There's going to be some big games happening for Georgia, and I know you're following that too. Big one. I mean, got Alabama, Alabama coming up. As this drops, as this episode drops, right? And you cannot ever, I don't give a shit, you can never count those guys out. You I just know. can't. We just saw it happen last weekend. I mean, my God, against Auburn. What a game. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, there we I, go. That's, that's the one thing in this household that gets interesting every week because uh, Georgia is still undefeated, but, buddy, everybody every week plays up and plays over their head when they play Georgia, and they, they're not intimidated. They jump on them, most of them, first series. So keep your fingers crossed for me. We'll we will. We will see how it goes, Arn. But uh, let's transition. Let's dig in because uh, it's been a little while since you and I have gone back and talked uh, talked business from 1993. And the next two weeks, we're going to wrap up uh, 1993. And uh, well, actually, this week we wrap up 1993. We're talking December this week. We discussed November 1993 the last time we were together. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're not on television. If you can recall, I know it's been a while ago since we recorded, uh, you were away. Uh, but when we were talking last, you had, they had started that whole split with you and Paul Roma. They got Ric Flair transitioning into the role of challenger for Vader's world title. Sid's leaving the company. Uh, we have the split of the Hollywood blondes. There were several other topics we were discussing, but just to kind of level set where we left off with things this week, we're going to continue the story because we're marching to Starcade. It's the 10th anniversary of Starcade 1993. And so we're going to focus a lot of our attention there, but I want to open this week, uh, continuing that talk and that split between you and Paul Roma, sir. And if you remember the last time we were together, you and Roma took on, uh, Steve Austin and Paul Orndorff in a tag match. Roma doesn't make the save uh, and uh, allowed Austin to get the pin after the assassin jumped on the apron and told you not to make the save. And we actually have a follow-up uh, to that segment. And we want to remind all of you listening that this interview we're about to watch, it was recorded in October. It doesn't air until December 4th. 1993 on Saturday Night Wrestling. On, we're going to jump right into it. We have five clips this week. This is our first clip. It's following an enhancement match. You stand alongside the leader of Slapdick Nation. That's right, Mr. Noah Anthony Shivani himself. Let's take a look at what you had to say in our first clip of the week. Here we go. Back to replay. There you see Anderson catching Burton off the ropes. The nice pivot drives him down into the canvas. Thanks a lot, Jess, and I'll tell you, tremendous win for Arn Anderson in singles competition. We've said it many times, probably the greatest tag team wrestler the sport has ever seen. Been a world tag team champion on many occasions, many different partners, and of course in singles competition, as we've just seen. But over the past couple of weeks, a lot's been happening to you, and you wanted to talk to me about something that's kind of laying heavy on your mind for the past week, especially after the tag team match we just saw not too long ago. Well, Tony, if you look at this shiner, and you follow what's been happening the last few weeks, you would think if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all, but not so. You see, everybody's choosing sides. Seems like Paul Orndorff, Steve Austin have got some alliance. A couple of weeks ago, 
they did a tap dance on me during a match with Orndorff. Steve Austin hit the ring and they did a pretty good job as you can see. Well, I looked at my partner and I said, you gotta suck it up. You know what it's gonna take. I need somebody to watch my back. We went into that tag match. I thought everything was fine. I hit Steve Austin with that spine buster. That was all she wrote. And then somebody dumped a ton of bricks on the back of my head. I didn't know what happened. I couldn't make heads or tails of it till I got home and saw the match back on TV. And then I saw what happened. Roma, I don't know if you just had a mental lapse. I don't know if you just froze that you had some vision that King Kong had broke out of Disney World and was standing on the other side of the ring. I don't know if you thought you were in a swimming pool and Jaws was swimming for you, but you just froze. Now understand one thing, you're either in or you're out. You're either a horseman or you're not. There is no gray area where that's concerned. You're either gonna be my partner or you're not. Now you're not here to defend yourself, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But understand one thing, and all these people will attest to it, my friend. You stick a knife in my back, I'm gonna pull it out and shove it down your throat. Rest assured, I don't take anything laying down. The enforcer, Arn Anderson, still to come. Ooh, there's a little bit of intensity there, Arn, and uh, what you had to say. But I like it because, first of all, one of the things that I noticed right away, you let Tony hold the mic while you talked into it. Nobody seems to allow him to hold the mic anymore. They all want to rip it out of his hands. Yeah, and that's that's kind of unprofessional, isn't it? Don't you think? But I think so, too. I just I look at it from Tony's perspective. Now what does he do? Stand there and fold his arms. Yeah. It's unprofessional. Unless unless he's going to just leave the ring, leaving him standing there with his hand on his pud is just not professional. Arm, we're going to pause and talk about our favorite sponsor once again this week. That's right. It's Blue Chew time. And they're here to make sure you're delivering that spine buster, putting that spine to the pine every single time the right way and making sure you're prepared to do so. And they have a special offer for the listeners of the Arn Show. Isn't that right, Arn? Arn? Well, guys, Arn's not around right now. I think he's taking care of business, if you know what I mean. And I want to make sure you have the opportunity to take care of business, too. Guys, Blue Chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office. We talk about it every single week. No weird conversations. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. And remember the biggest perk and benefit of this. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. So listen, go to bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. They're just going to ask you a few questions. Make sure you're good. Your health's in order and you can take it. And once they verify that, it's going to be at your door within days. All done online. Very easy. And if you don't like swallowing pills, no big deal. The tablets are chewable. Very easy to consume. So give it a try, guys. Listen, we hear a lot of folks that listen to our show that have reached out to us uh, directly through our show DMs and said, guys, you are spot on with what you've been talking about with Blue Chew. We have a lot of fun with it on the show, but I'm telling you, it takes away the worries, the anxiety, the stress, and helps you perform the way you want to perform, like a Hall of Famer, like Arn Anderson. So there you go. Check it out. BlueChew.com can make sure you're able to perform at your very best every time. You get the opportunity to have fun. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN. 
That's right, just those three letters, A-R-N, at checkout. You just pay $5 shipping. That's it. BlueChew.com, promo code ARN to receive your first month free. Once again, go to BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It isn't. And and then you see, you know, you see guys constantly moving his hand up and it's like, guys, we can hear you. Just talk. Quit worrying about him. Just talk. It's fine. But man, they get all caught up into that. But you were, you did a professional job here. It's a great interview because I love the storytelling. You bring the audience up to speed on the issue and uh, how you lost the match. But it starts to really continue to tell that story about the slow breakup between you and Roma. After looking back at this, Arn, from you know 30 years ago, how do you think this came off? What do you think about this uh, form of storytelling here? Well, it was subtle, and I like subtle. It wasn't, you know, unless you were looking at it just, and that's the only thing you were looking at. If you were looking at what was going on in general, you might not have even caught it the first time. But then when you isolate it and you look at me and you look at where he is and the lack of a save, then it it gets pretty clear, I think. I love it. I love it from your point of view, how you're feeling, how he's feeling. It really kind of depicts Roma and his thoughts. And what, you know, what do you see? Jaws swimming after you? What's the, you're frozen. What's going on here, pal? But uh, we know because of everything that happened after Halloween Havoc that you were off TV. But to the company's credit here, Arn, this interview served to lay the foundation for what we would see next. And because of your absence credited to storyline injuries, WCW decides to make the most of the angle that they had spent the better part of eight weeks on. And what may come as a surprise is who the creative forces replaced you with in the storyline. And we're going to pick it up. In our second clip of the week for the story, it's Saturday night, December 11th, 1993. And uh, we're going to see an old friend join the mix here. Let's check it out. Me right now, Paul Roma. Last week on this very television program, Paul Roma, did I detect the assassin pointing at you and getting your attention? No, 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 Gene. You misread that. I, I read you wrong on that. You read me well, wrong. It sure looked like that to me. No, that's not the way it was. You know, why it came out here is that. You know, you know, but a lot of these people out here don't know that my partner, Arn Anderson, has sustained a multitude of injuries. I'm aware of that. That will not allow him to be here tonight. But he has assured me that in his place he has found the man that will hold up to horseman expectations. And, and how, how is that? And who is that? Well, that's this man right here, Eric Watts. But most importantly, he'll watch my back. Eric Watts? I just came out here to tell you I'm more than happy to take Arn's place. And I'm upset about what happened. But I'll let you know one thing, just like Arn would do for you or any of the horsemen. I'll be there. I'll support you. I won't let you down. And don't worry. I'll be there. I'll take care of you. You have nothing to Thank worry you, about. Thank you, Eric Watts, Paul Roma. Let's get back to the ring. Eric Watts, he's ready for the STF. Here it comes. The assassin is ready. What? Whoa. Wait a Look at that. Roma came off on Watts. 
the assassin went over and told him to nail him. What in the... One, two, three. What in the world? Wow. The team of Mr. Wonderful. Assassin has his arm around Roma. Right, look at this. So it wasn't just a coincidence. Something's going on here, and now, uh, for crying out loud, you're Looks talking like about peas in a pod, don't it? You're talking about backstabbers, Orndorff and Roma together here. Look at this. Here you see the STF applied by Eric Watts, but it's his partner Paul Roma who sails off the rope. The assassin told him the nail of Roma did. Mr. Wonderful rolls on top. One, two, three, and a big victory for Lord Steven and Mr. Wonderful. So he's back. Eric Watts joins the fray again. And uh, it, it's funny. You and I have talked several times here on the podcast, and you've said it before. If there's a replacement and it's an advertised card, man, it's imperative the replacement has to be better than what was advertised. Otherwise, it's a major disappointment for the fans. What do you think here? Instead of Arn Anderson, they're getting there. It's given our history, and it's just so weird. It's so confusing, isn't it? Yes, it is. And to it, go back and try to sort out what what anybody was thinking to get to that partner, I mean, it just – it's just, I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It feels like it falls flat, him as your chosen replacement. Uh, and, and it feels like they're trying to, because you're not available, obviously, some stuff had, had gone on with you at this point. You, you couldn't be there. And it feels like this is just a way to get out of this entire angle and move on as quickly and as cleanly as possible. Is, is, that, is that what you're seeing here? You're, you're probably as close to being right as anybody is in this scenario. Because, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's. No explanation of when I got hurt, how I got hurt, any of that. Well, this is uh, remember, this is that time period where the overseas and everything that happened over there. So you're out. So they're uh, just just not talking about it. That right, right. If you follow me there, so I got you. Yep. So that's what they're doing to kind of you know patch do the patchwork to fill in the the, the storyline here with the breakup, bringing Eric in, having Paul quickly turn on Eric. You know, you're not available. So it feels like because you're not available, they're just altering the entire angle this way. And it just feels rushed. And, but I guess they got to do what they got to do. I don't know how else they could have done it. I mean, you well, know, we're armchair quarterback in here. Yeah. Let me just say this, you know, skip the, the potholes of how they got there. The reality is I liked Paul and Paul together. Yeah. Right off the get go. Great bodies. Good looking guys, you know, the whole thing, you know, they just jailed. They were what Paul and I were not. Immediately, I, you just looked at them standing there together and you went, hmm. Bingo. Right. That works. And let's, so let's dig right into it because now Rome is officially aligned after we just saw that angle go down. He's aligned with the assassin. He's with Paul Orndorff and WCW wastes no time uh, making it official. December 18th, 1993. It's Saturday night again. Orndorff takes on Eric Watts following the betrayal by Roma that week before. And uh, here we go. We're going to watch the end of that match and the action and then the promo <laughs> that follows. We're already here, our third clip of the week. We're moving quickly this week. 
Uh, but let's take a look as they kind of took us on that quick story to transition Roma and you splitting up <coughs> and Roma into Orndorff. Here we go. with these two great athletes indeed has a purpose behind it. I want to make one thing perfectly clear. You know, Vince Lombardi said a long time ago, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. But to be able to live by that creed, you have to be able to do and be willing to do whatever it takes to win. That's why these two men and I 
are associated together because they will do whatever it takes. Gentlemen, I thank you very much. Stay tuned. We're going to be back after this. Well, just to recap for those that weren't watching the video and just listening along with us, Orndorff loses the match, but then he and Roma put the beat down on Eric Watts until the Shockmaster shows up, Arn. And no, this isn't the Shockmaster you and I watched trip uh, outside the wall. I mean, it is, but he's not wearing the sparkly helmet. Ole Anderson isn't his voice. Uh, he's got now, it looks like a, a construction helmet on. Uh, so they've done a little bit of modification with the Shockmaster. But then following the match, Arn, all three have their moment on the microphone. They have the unified message. And I'm curious what you thought about that interview segment. Was it successful as far as what they needed to have done at this point in time? And and I'm just curious what your thoughts are in general about their promo. Well, number one, I wouldn't have beat Orndorff. Yeah, that too, was in too soon. It's their first week together, right? Yes. Yeah. Paul was wrestling. It was a singles match against Eric, but then Roma came down to help with the beatdown. I would have never beat Orndorff in that situation. I would have had Orndorff go over and continue the heat and beat him down too. Yes. That's this is Paul Orndorff. This is a top guy. This is a brand new team, a brand new angle. Starting there, I would have had straight heat all the way. And uh, the big man, Tugboat, what was he called in this? This They're still calling him Shockmaster here. They, oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's a huge man, but it just came out of nowhere. And it was less than impactful. He just walked out. They left. When you introduce a new character in the wrestling business, and it's someone that they don't know, whether they have to make impact they have to come in and do something that you never saw coming and it'd be impactful. That's, that's how you get people talking. That was to me, it's not his fault. He is what he is. He was six, eight, what, 400 pounds or whatever the guy was. Some, I mean, he's huge. You don't realize how big he is till you walk up and stand there beside him. Um, it was less than impactful in my mind. And then the uh, promo afterwards with the storytelling, Thought, did you did you like the the way that the uh, that all came off? Um, Jody Hamilton was convincing. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't getting too out of hand. He just pointed out some facts. Um, I don't know. Arn, we're going to take a quick time out from this podcast to talk a little bit about Spider Grip. Yes, you've heard Arn and I talk about it before, and we're here to share the joy and the opportunity of Spider Grip one more time with you. Listen, it helps keep your phone in your hand right where it belongs. The phone grip that won't slip, as our buddy David Britt says. You could use it to prop up your phone if you want to sit and watch a video. Use it as a stand. It rotates 360 degrees, and it also will snap in place and lay flat. So if you want to put it in your pocket, 
your purse, whatever is easy. It's so functional and so user-friendly. No more unfortunate drops in all the wrong places. No more missed opportunities for pics and videos. Yes, it's the holiday season. What I'm telling you and what Arwen wants me to share with you is you guys need to grab these for stocking stuffers. Great stocking stuffer gifts. And you can do that by going to spidergrip.com. That's S-P-I-I-D-E-R-G-R-I-I-P.com. That's two eyes in spider and two eyes in grip. And use discount code ARN at checkout and receive 30% off and free shipping. You're not going to get a better deal than that. Our guy David's headquartered in Charlotte, North Kakalaka, right in the same area as ARN. And uh, you want to talk about the old stomping grounds and glory days of Jim Crockett promotions. That's where it's all at. And here comes another history-making product with Spider Grip. Man, Walmart is now backing this product. You can find it at Walmart online, and it's going to be in their retail stores next year, but there's no reason for you to wait. They've been co-founded, as I said, invented by the recording artist and entrepreneur, David Britt. Also, Kate Bosworth, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull, all invested and co-owned in this company. This is a can't-miss product, a can't-miss solution, and I'm telling you, won't be disappointed that you grabbed one for you, your wife, your kids, your family, aunts, uncles, grandparents. The Spider Grip is transforming how folks use their cell phone and make sure they don't drop it, misplace it, and makes it easier. No stress on that pinky finger when trying to hold it for those perfect pictures. So one more time, check it out. That's two eyes and spider, two eyes and grip. Spidergrip.com. Use discount code ARN at checkout and receive 30% off and free shipping. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Roma said the horseman needed him. He didn't need the horseman. That's that's and, fine. It, you yeah. know, it's it's whether it's believable or not. Uh, that's his slant. That's a heel slant. That's, that's fine. Right. You know, sometimes you take shortcuts to try to get some heat. That didn't bother me too much. I think I think Jody was was the uh, MVP of that promo, though. And uh, so there you have it. You mentioned it already that you really like this tag team together. They become mm-hmm. pretty wonderful. And uh, they go on to capture the world tag team titles in 1994. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that as we move into 94. But you've said it. You've actually even said it earlier on in this show that, hey, Roma, he just fits better with Orndorff. And, and we say it every week. You did win gold with five different partners, including Paul Roma, making you arguably the greatest tag team wrestler of all time. But why do you think Roma and Orndorff just work? Was it, You mentioned the look. But it, it just the chemistry. Do you think they have better chemistry than you guys did, or what was your thoughts well, there? They both got great bodies, and they both have a, a, I mean, skills. Even though they're they're babyface skills, coming off the top with a splash, coming off the top with a drop kick, just a drop kick that's flawless in the ring. All those skills, and then you put them on a, with a body like that, you know, to two good looking guys. It just, uh, it's just a good package. They look like stars because they are stars. 
the the uh the duo of the pauls paul romo and uh paul lorndorf it just worked and uh and so there you go it's pretty wonderful we're going to move on uh for now on the breakup with you and roma and talk about another major departure at this point and an arrival to the company first after working with the majority of the year with wcw davy boy smith he departs the company, Arn. They're conflicting reports as to the why. Uh, Davy Boy's camp always said it was because of payoffs from the European tour. Uh, Smith was also not allowed to work in Japan, as had been agreed to when he joined the company. As for WCW, their side said that he uh, missed a number of dates. And I'm sure, as with most cases, Arn, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Do you have any memories of Davy Boy leaving the company, or did that ever come across your radar at all at this point? Not to be exact, but I do remember something about missing missing some dates. Okay. Uh, without the proper doctor's okay or slip or excuse, whatever you want to call it, doctor's excuse, you know, I can see that leading to – because here's the thing. When you got a guy that's positioned like he is and has a, you know, a career that he's had – it's not like you can just replace him with anybody. We've talked about that. When you make a, uh, you know, when you replace a guy, you said it earlier, it better be better than what you had originally, you know, and that's hard to do with David boy. Yeah. And I mean, it's got to hurt WCW because they, uh, they had him at the top of the card arm yeah. and uh, to see him leave after being so heavily featured, that's not good. Uh, what do you, what do you think that they used him the right way though? While he was there, do you think they made the most of his tenure while in WCW or would you have liked to see them handle him a little differently or what are your thoughts there? Gosh, I don't know. Um, I would have to really go back and see how he was used. Cause I don't remember. I know that, that he had some, some good matches with Vader you know, and that's the, really the only thing that pops to the forefront that I can remember that it, you know, he was strong enough and jacked up enough that he could bounce Vader around. And that that's impressive on anybody's sheet. Yep. Good tag matches, a couple good tag matches with Sting. Uh, but yeah, he was at the top of the card. Never really cared. Obviously wasn't a world champion or anything like that, but, uh, uh, he's gone. And after being pushed so prominently, we do actually have a couple fan questions concerning the Bulldog's departure. Uh, the professor, Professor Drew Landry says, when Bulldog left, Arn, did you view it as more of a relief due to some of the drug issues or was it sadness because of the amount of talent that uh, that he had? Well, I mean, I go back to, you know, when he was partners with the other bulldog, you know, when they were the British bulldogs. Yes. When we first got to WWE, we worked with them a couple of house shows and those guys were a damn good team, really good team. Looked apart, were, you know, big rugged guys, great athletes. And you just say, you know, you just hate really to see that not continue, I guess. Yeah, uh, we had a similar question from Heather Whitley, and and she wanted to know where you think Bulldog's career could have gone if he had been able to overcome some of his demons, all of which centered around uh, drug use, etc. You got to think though that Sky was the limit for for someone with the build and the wrestling acumen that the British Bulldog had. I, I always go back and think about the match that he had with the Hitman at Wembley uh, back at SummerSlam all those years ago. And it was an amazing match. Um, 
I'm sure that you think if he wouldn't have been surrounded by some of this other nonsense and the drugs, et cetera, Scott could have been the limit for a guy like him. Sure. Sure. Could, yeah. you know, the potential was certainly there. The, the ability was there. Um, and again, I don't, I don't want to talk to situations that I don't know about that. I was, was not there to see firsthand, but, uh, a lot of guys in this business have, uh, floundered uh because of a number of reasons uh they drug them down i think that just what you know you hear from the outside looking in it was just a shame he could have did so much more yeah well said well listen um while the loss of the bulldog here is obviously a big time for wcw they do add a, a piece of talent or a talent to the roster that we're familiar with in the form of ray trailer he comes back. He was uh, had been the big boss man and in WWF. Well, now he's coming back, and we remember as remember him as uh, Big Bubba Rogers with Jim Cornette prior to going to uh, to the WWF. But here he comes. He's back on the roster, December 1993, and uh, following more than modest success, by the way, the 300 plus pounder trailer. Man, he was awesome. He was that dirty prison guard from Cobb County, Georgia. And, uh, man, as a kid, I used to love watching him against Hogan. He worked that big time program with Hulk while he was up there. And then, uh, he would turn face in 1990, become a fan favorite until he leaves the company in spring of 1993. And then here on, uh, on December 13th, he's, uh, working as the boss. He makes his first television appearance for WCW when, uh, WCW international world champion, Rick Rude defeats Davy Boy Smith via forfeit in a non-title match. Smith was introduced for the bout, but he failed to appear. Rude takes the mic and said Smith backed out of the match because he was scared and wasn't man enough to face Rude and said he himself was unbeatable and would retire as world champion. Moments later, that's right, the boss runs into the ring and begins assaulting Rude, which led to an impromptu match. Uh, the boss, this is his moniker that he's going by at this point, pins Rick Rude in a non-title match at 10 minutes, 29 seconds with the sidewalk slam. He wore his blue WWF attire for the bout. The contest replaced the scheduled Davy Boy Smith versus Rick Rude match, which was taped on November 30th, 1993, but it wouldn't air because Davy Boy would be fired. And with that, Ray Trailer is inserted into the title picture and a title match with Rude at the upcoming Starcade event. So Arn, so many wrestlers have nothing but nice things to say about Ray Trailer. I was just hoping that you could remind our audience a little bit about what you thought of Ray as a worker and as a colleague. A plus on every count. Nice man. Great performer. Uh, just a sweetheart of a guy. He was like a 400-pound Bobby Eaton. You know, best thing I can say, just, you know, just a good businessman, hell of a worker, everything. He was a natural from when Cornette first brought him aboard as his bodyguard. You just saw that this guy was just going to morph into something special. Guys that size can't usually move like he can move, you know, and he was just really, really athletic. I would be interested to see, did he get a big, positive pop when he came out to take David boys. Uh, we don't, we don't have a clip of that. We don't have a clip of that match. I'm assuming so, because I mean, 
good night. He was so recognizable at this point. Yeah, he had star quality. Know. Star quality. When he walked yeah. through the curtain, immediately you went, "Okay, sure, all right, this might be interesting." It, it sounds like too he had to be well welcomed back or embraced by the locker room too to have him back. A guy like the, that, the boy, the boys loved him. Yeah, you know he uh, he was just just a quality guy. You know he grew up about 40 miles from me there in Georgia. Were you aware of that? I, well, I, well, I knew he was a Georgia boy, but I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah. It was pretty close to Rome. I think he was down around Cedar town, somewhere, Dallas, Georgia, somewhere not, but it wasn't too far. It was just, it was, uh, uh, very, very close. So Rome. was it his time as Big Bubba where you two would kind of form your friendship and re- realize that connection and how close he was growing up to you when he was first? Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of just, you know, it was just a couple of conversations, you know, that, w- that was that close because that could very well be the same thing as 100 miles away or a million miles away, you know. It just sure. so happened that's where he went to high school. I was older than him and and all that, and we didn't compete against I think the school that he went to or anything like, like that. So it's still kind of small world, man. You know what I mean? It's one of those small world, uh, deals. Oh, I'm 40 minutes away. And here we are wrestling in the same company. Yeah. You know, and traveling the world. Yeah. Sam Lawson, one of our, our listeners had a question. He said, Arn, when Ray trailer returned to WCW, do you recall any discussions about him returning as a heel and a larger question? Did the bookers ever have trouble with the balance of heels and faces, or did they just switch wrestlers around when there were too many on one side? Well, that's a good question. It really is. I don't think it ever looked at, okay, I've got 10 heels and we've got seven baby faces and we need to move somebody over. I think it was more about who got over and who didn't. And you, you know, a guy could be pushed as a heel and pushed and pushed, but if the audience liked him, maybe they just liked the devilish shit that they pulled off. Then if you were smart, you would switch them and do it with the guy that had the most heat. If that makes sense. It does. You know, nothing, nothing more satisfying than to see a heel switch baby face and start kicking the shit out of the other heels. When you're a wrestler entering the business, do you have a preference one way or the other, or do you coach a wrestler one way or the other? Like, Hey, you want to start out as a heel. Does it matter how they start? Um, it doesn't, it depends on what do they bring to the table? What's natural? What just comes out of them? How are they perceived? You know, all those things. Sometimes no matter what you do, if you're pushed one way and, and you can't feel that character, you can't, you can't get a grasp on it, then you're just spinning your wheels. Yeah. The audience will tell you a lot of times who they like and who they don't. You just got to be smart enough to listen. And if you can't tap into that character, then you're going to quickly become a heel, whether you like it or not. (laughs) But there's a difference in having heat that they just don't like you. Go away, heat. They want to kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go away, heat. Yeah. Yeah, It's not a good thing. No. Uh, Nick Lenz wants to know what your thoughts were on having Ray Trailer. You talked about a little bit already. Ray Trailer returning to WCW as the boss. Do you like this uh, this change? He's not the big boss man, but we're going to go with the boss. You like that? 
it was close enough. If they, I'm surprised they got away with it. Yeah. I'm surprised the WWF didn't put the kibosh on it because that's that with the uniform, the likeness all being that close, just taking the, the man off of it. It's the only change. Yeah. I'm really surprised they didn't. Yeah. Bucket, Mike Dawkins was, uh, would have had to get involved back then. He was probably still in diapers in those days, but yeah. <laughs> Arn, you and Brock are everywhere. On the road, wrestling conventions, autograph shows, making appearances. You have the comic book. You need energy. You need AG1. Just one scoop and it gives you 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health, sleeping better, improve focus. What's not to like? This is a slam dunk. And better yet, you're going to sleep better and recover better. It costs less than $3 a day. It's completely worth the investment in you. And it's received 7,000 plus five-star reviews. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's so simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements. And to make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com forward slash ARN. Again, that's drinkag1.com forward slash ARN to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Double A, we can't get out of here without talking wow. about Star K nineteen ninety three. It's uh, it's the 10th anniversary, the 11th installment, and it's held in Charlotte, North Carolina, the hometown of where you live right now. It takes place, we've talked about this, Monday, December 27th. And uh, last time we talked about it, you said, man, this is a mistake. Monday's a work night. And uh, even though it was indeed a work night, 8,000 fans filled the Independence Arena, now known as the Bojangles Coliseum. Uh, it was 300 short of a legit sellout. And uh, even though there's been some bad houses during this time, 7,000 of the 8,000 fans actually paid. That's pretty good based on the stats we sometimes read on on this show. So Tells you what a wrestling town Charlotte is. There you go. Uh, but before we get to the event... For the company, they finally hit that home run in terms of paid attendance. And you just said it. This is really, uh, it, it's a wrestling town, but it's also a first step towards WCW finally gaining some traction, right? I mean, they're finally starting to to click here. You got to have that, you know, to have a successful wrestling company, you have to have a live gate to support it. So there's a lot of expenses that go into moving 30 guys or 40 guys or however many it is total, you know, around the country. So you've got to have paid attendance. And that was, you know, you always asked, or oh, did we paper, did we paper the event? If we did, how many and all that stuff. Cause you know, they used to give away a lot of tickets just to make it look better on TV. But then when you get down to the nuts and bolts of paying the bills, 
something else. Yeah. Well, listen, but this card is loaded. And so there's another reason that I, you know, it helps as well. A lot of hall of fame, hall of fame talent here, two favorites of our show. You got Dustin Rhodes and stunning Steve Austin. They're battling for the United States title. It's two out of three falls. Austin won his, uh, this match in two straight falls, winning the first fall at 13 minutes by DQ. And then the second, about three minutes later, when he caught Dustin in a roll up and used the ropes for leverage, this one clearly broke any traditional formula used at this point because you had the heel go over in two straight falls Arn, uh, what do you think about this uh, two out of three where the heel wins the first two falls i think if they were really if they were going to push austin which apparently they were i like the fact that it had never been done that was crazy why would you do that it's different that's it's how you crazy. get a guy over shock value yeah that's shock value yeah, there you go. Our buddy Bryant Haremza, a faithful listener, he said uh, Austin wins one of the falls by DQ, and yet he still wins the title. I thought the title couldn't change hands on a DQ. Am I missing something, or is this uh, a typical WCW? I got it's a fair question, Arn. What say you? Have you ever seen a two out of three falls match where a DQ settled one of the falls, especially for a title? Well, you don't do it as the last fall. If it's two out of three falls, you do it as the first fall, and then you have a pinfall for the for the deciding one. Okay. But I mean, you can have one of those falls. That's what gives you the leeway. You can have a count out for one of the falls, can have a DQ for one of the falls, you know, just some random stuff uh, so that you're not beating a guy to, you know, a baby face two out of the three falls. It just protects the baby face a little bit. Gotcha. Well, here, uh, next match we're going to talk about is the boss against Rick Rude. And uh, maybe WWF did contact uh, them because he is not wearing blue anymore. He's in a black uniform. So uh, he changes this up quickly for the clash and uh, no longer in that traditional WWF attire. And he lost his match with Rick Rude at nine minutes and six seconds. For the international world title, Rude pins him with a sunset flip after he crotched him on the rope. Even in defeat, though, two weeks into the company, and the boss is in a total match against one of the top heels in the company. So uh, so it's good to have him back. And then finally, and really, on the most important match of Starcade 1993, it's Ric Flair, and he's challenging Vader for the WCW world title. The entire event revolved around this, Arn. And uh, it was Flair who decided he's going to put his career on the line in order to get the match. And we're going to see how they started the show with the storyline and what set the tone for this entire night in our fourth clip of the week. Let's check it out. Outside, say goodbye to your right, family. Love you. What do you always say to me? What do you always say to me? Wish me luck. Okay. Yeah, you do good, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. See you guys later. See you. Bye. 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 You guys tonight, right? 
Take care of yourself. Rick, come on. We've got to go. <sighs> Seems to me like there was so much emotion. Oh, they're worried, Gene. Of course they are. Whose family wouldn't be? You're worried. Yeah, I am worried, but I'm worried for different reasons, I think. I knew what I was doing when I signed the contract, Gene. I got to prove this to no one else but myself tonight. I've got a feeling this could be a rather long ride. Rick, go ahead of there. <clears throat> oh. Well, to think about it all, yes, your career on the line, but Rick, you've seen what this guy Vader has done. Numerous opponents over the years, I mean, he's absolutely decimated. Gene, I knew what Vader was about before I signed the contract. I, uh, you know, I knew the reality of what I was doing, and I'm prepared. Um, you know, when I deal with this on a personal level, it makes it harder. But I've been in a lot of tough matches, and tonight I've got to prove, above all else, to myself that I'm the man that I think I've been my entire career. I got to prove it tonight. Jeff, let's get to the arena. Arn, wow, very different uh, storytelling here with Ric Flair. The family man, the somberness, the seriousness of putting the career on the line against the man they call Vader. What would you think of this? A first. You never saw him in that like that. A Nobody. first. You got, you got it, buddy. Yeah, never. And that's what made it special. Having Oakland there made it special. It just had a different real look to it. It wasn't Rick doing the screaming, hollering, and throwing his shoes and dropping an elbow on his coat. This was somebody different. And it, you felt the jeopardy that he was in because he let you know the jeopardy he was in, which he would never have done that. And I never saw him do a promo like that. Yeah, it's very different, but it's good in a good way. Human, uh, human. Yeah, humanized Ric Flair totally. The family man, the the time with the kids, the the wife at the door. I thought it was funny. You could hear the little um uh, his son say, "It's cold. Can we shut the door?" That was so cute. But um, yeah, very different, very somber, but great storytelling as a fan to be able to see that side of Flair after all those years of brashness and styling and profile, womanizing, and all of a sudden we're now being told and uh, the seriousness with his career on the line. And on we get to it. It's the main event of the evening. It's Ric Flair taking on Vader for the world title. His career's on the line. And as a reminder to our listeners, Vader's been the champion since December 30th, 1992 three days short of a year-long reign, and no one except Flair had carried the title for WCW as long as Vader did during this incredible run. Think about that. No one had carried the title that long except for Flair. Uh, but it has to end at some point, and why not in Charlotte at the hands of the man largely responsible for the success not only of Jim Crockett Promotions but now WCW. And, buddy, in our final clip of the week, 
we're going to see how Ric Flair dethrones Vader and recaptures the world championship here at Starcade. Let's take a look together. Again! 
Big night in Charlotte, buddy. Wow. What'd you think of that one? Uh, number one, what is Pee Wee Anderson thinking shoving Harley Race out of the ring? He wasn't thinking. <laughs> I just shit my pants when I saw that. <laughs> well, what was he thinking? He had a death wish. <laughs> Holy smoke. If he, uh, well, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been a bad deal. Oh, man. Uh, well, yeah, it's one of those deals where you had a baby face that was over. You had a story that was over. Yes. You had a heel with some heat. You know who's a monster? A guy that size standing up on the top rope doing a moonsault. I mean, are you kidding me? I, I'm, he's incredible, man. The closing 21 minutes of that, the closing minutes of that 21 minute fight, it felt like uh, they went toe to toe. And uh, listen, Flair gets the chop block rather than the figure four to get the job done. I, I think it keeps Vader strong, makes Flair look like the wily veteran. You don't you don't you assess that the same way? Yeah, well, Flair's a heel. Yeah, the only place he was a baby face was in the Carolinas, really. You know, he was a heel everywhere else. So he won like a heel. Yeah, it was, that was good stuff. The fireworks go off. He's champ. And, uh, we're going to finish off this week's episode. Just with just a couple questions. Brian Haremza says, uh, which is an excellent question. Vader was such a dominant big man that people genuinely thought he could never lose. Arn, do you feel that kind of dominant big man character is something that is lacking in today's wrestling? Yeah, because you know, I mean, you had, you had Big Show, who was cast in that role. Uh, Kane, you know, Undertaker. Just a few big men, but but the few, I think that's what made them special. You just, you looked at them and went, Jesus Christ, Brock Lesnar. You, you just go, who in the hell is going to beat this guy? Can anybody beat this guy? And that's good. That's good to have an almost an unclimbable mountain in front of you. Man, well, listen, this was a uh, a fantastic episode. Arn, I just want to say it's so good to have you back in the in the chair with us this week. Next week, we're going to go right back into January 1994. But before we get out of here, I want to remind our fans, buddy, it's got to be coming soon. The graphic novel, Arn Anderson, My Life as Wrestling's Enforcer. Uh, we did get an email since the last time we recorded from Dirk Manning, and he told us that uh, the novels are about to make it to the port. And uh, once they do, they're going to be shipped out as quick as possible. So many of your fans, myself included, man, we cannot wait to see this graphic novel, buddy. And I can't apologize enough, guys. I, you know, if I'd get in that boat and row it myself, if I could get it here. No, not with your back. You're not doing that. Yeah, hell. Be worth uh, it. It'd be worth it because it has really seemed like an eternity. Well, it'll be here before you know it, and we're all can't, are excited about it. We mentioned Box of Gimmicks already, where you can get this fantastic merch. And, uh, man, so we really appreciate that as well. But listen, next week, 
We're going to discuss January 1994, as I said. It's the continuation of the Flair and Vader storyline. The realignment. They're going to realign the WCW roster. Uh, there's another Clash of the Champions and the Build the Super Brawl. Arna, I'm looking forward to getting back together again and doing this with you again next week, my friend. Ditto. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this week. On behalf of the enforcer, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week on another episode of Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.